You know, I've had lots of messages over the last three years saying, oh, it's inspirational. You know, we've watched your documentary and what you've done. But I don't think people realize that by people kind of uh, messaging my website, um, comments on social media, and when I see people at races, you know, by them doing that, it gives me something to fight for as well. It gives me confidence that I should keep going. I am keep, keep, I am going to keep going. It's a, it's a funny thing, you know, it definitely goes two ways, I think. That's Tim Don, four-time ITU world champion, three-time Olympian, two-time Ironman champion, and one-time Ironman world record holder. But more importantly, he overcame a broken neck to come back and race Kona in 2018 after having been hit by a truck two days before the race in 2017. And this is the Oxygen Addict Triathlon Podcast. Welcome to the Oxygen Addict Triathlon Podcast. We're brought to you every week by our sponsors, as always, precisionhydration.com. Electrolytes in different strengths that match how you sweat. You can get 15% off your first order with the code OxygenAddict15. And also by Thriver.co, the simple finger prick blood test you can do at home to track hormone, vitamin, and mineral levels in your body. 10% off all subscriptions with the code OxygenAddict10. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Hope you're all good. We've got a cracking interview lined up for you this week. None other than legend, the British triathlon, Tim Don. Tim has been on the scene forever. I think he's been racing 20 25 years or something like that we worked out uh, four-time world champion three-time olympian uh, he was the official ironman world record holder he's a really great guy and i'm sure a lot of you will have heard my previous interview with him where he talks about his horrific crash that he had in kona where he was hit by a car and ended up by with a broken neck um so Tim has made an amazing comeback from that. We get to talk in this interview about his comeback, about his racing, all manner of stuff. It's a, it's a great interview. And Tim is one of the genuinely nicest guys out there on the circuit. So I really, really enjoyed this conversation with him. Uh, so yeah, something there to look forward to for later on. So how have you been? How's your week been? How's your training been? How's your racing been? It's been a great weekend of racing for me. I've got to say my uh, my racing hormones have got fired back up fully by taking part in the lockdown Lakesman this weekend. Um, we put a plan in place for our athletes in Team Oxygen Addict to, to all like try and get everyone together and do a virtual event. And we didn't really know how it was how it was going to come across, how it was going to work, if it was going to work. But obviously, we've got close to two hundred athletes all around the world on different continents, something like 25 different countries. And so we encouraged loads of people to enter. We had over 30 people racing from all around the world. And we organized uh, the bike section to happen on Zwift. We had a nine o'clock meetup organized. We picked a, a, a 90K route or a 91K route. Let me tell you, that one kilometer extra at the end when you're hurting is really painful. Um, we had everybody jump on there and, uh, and start the ride together, and it really made it like a real event. So if you guys haven't tried virtual racing yet and you're looking for something to fire you up again, I've, I've got to admit, I'm not sure I'd have done it if it had not been for the enthusiasm of uh, my athletes and the team members. But I got on there and I did it with my partner, Vicky, and we had an absolutely brilliant time. We chewed the bars for close to three hours on the bike and um, and then we did the run the day after 
uh, which was interesting in itself. Actually, it was uh, it was interesting doing a run with tired legs that were tired. You know, the day after your long ride, it's longer than I'd ridden in a while. It was certainly longer than I'd run in a while. I think when I looked back over my running log, I'd not run more than forty five minutes in the last month. So to uh, to grind out a just under two hour half marathon on the Sunday was a bit challenging for me at the end. I think Vicky put the hurt on me in the last few kilometres, but we got it done. And the key thing here is. It has absolutely fired me up to get more training done this week, and it's fired me up to look for another another event in a month's time. So, if you like me, like us, had been you know struggling without that kind of, I don't know if you find this, but without an event to train for, sometimes it's harder to train. And a lot of the time, I'll, I'll go out and I'll run every day or I'll bike every day just for fun. But there's something about having an event on the calendar that gives you a little bit more motivation to perhaps get out of the door on the days when you, you perhaps wouldn't usually have done. So we've been out and done a couple of long rides over the last couple of weeks on days when it's either been raining when we went out or it's been raining while we've been out. And it definitely gives you that G up when you might otherwise think, oh, I'll, I'll either not bother or I'll turn around and go back to home, knowing that you've got to be in shape to do however long the distance is in a, a few weeks or a month's time can really give it that inspiration to get out there and get it done. So, uh, so yeah, get yourselves entered into an event, some kind of VR event, really, really good fun. Hats off to the Lakesman chaps. They, um, they put on a great event. It was 20 quid to enter. You got a t-shirt posted through the door. Um, it was no hassle, no fuss. Submit your own event, uh, submit your own results afterwards via GPS um really really good fun so yeah i really really enjoyed it um gonna give a shout out here to our sponsors precision hydration i got through a lot of precision hydration doing that three hour ride indoors i think i got through three bottles and three full 1500 milligram sachets really important to replace your electrolytes to prevent you from cramping and to prevent hyponatremia um doesn't really taste of anything at all. It's not unpleasant to the taste. It's not salty like the old electrolytes drinks were. Um, and went down really easy, kept me hydrated. I felt great at the end of the ride, felt ready to go on the run. And I had one bottle during the half marathon that I sipped at. And again, got to the finish, even though it was pretty hot on the Sunday, feeling really good and hydrated still. So oftentimes if I've not drunk anything during a longer run I'll get really thirsty in the afternoon and it was noticeable that I didn't do yesterday so yeah hats off to the chaps and chapesses at Precision Hydration really really great product if you've not been there take their online sweat test answer some questions and it'll give you a good lead as to the the volume of sweat you lose and also to the saltiness of your sweat um really great product I highly recommend it um and I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't really believe in it so Get over there and you can get 10% off your first purchase with the code OxygenAddict10. All right, so what else has been going on then? We've been doing some serious swifting over the last few months. We've been doing our Tuesday night weekly Zwift group meetup ride, the Oxygen Addict Triathlon Power Hour. If you've not done with that yet, get on it with us. Structured interval training with a group of other people taking place at 7.15 on Tuesday nights UK time. Um, Zwift seems to have fixed the little glitch that happened in their system for a couple of weeks. 
We are now all back to staying together in the group ride, which is awesome. The elastic band that stretches and pulls you all back together seems to be back working again after a couple of glitchy weeks after Swift did their last update. So it's good to see they've got that sorted. Last week's group workout was a really good one where we all worked hard and stayed together because it had been a bit lonely the weeks before as our little avatars rode off in in different directions. Um, So that was really good to see. So come and join us on that Tuesday at 7.15pm UK time. We've also started doing team time trials. Now, if you guys have never done this, you can't join in with the you can't join in with our actual team oxygenatic group, but you can join in on Thursday nights. There's something called the WRTL Team Time Trial League. Um, the times start variable. It's about seven o'clock in the evening, depending on what time your group is actually given a start time. Um you and between five and eight of your friends work as a group, select a road bike, you can draft each other. And it was a really hard workout. We had eight of us in, we had four different teams entered of eight from Team Oxygen Addict. We grouped everybody together based on their watts per kilo at threshold. You did a turn on the front for a minute or two, and then you sat back to get your breath back. I was only on for half an hour of the the hour ride because my computer crashed, unfortunately, and I got booted. But it was a really good hard workout where you got to push hard for a minute, recover for a few minutes, and then go again. So again, something different to shake your week up. If you've never tried one, get a group of your friends together. Um, The instructions are all there online. You can enter it all. It's not too much hassle to get it all set up. But it was really good fun for us, and we had a really great time basically pushing ourselves harder than we would have done otherwise so yeah it's great to get back into this mindset of pushing yourself and trying to improve your fitness after you know the several months of me telling everybody to wind it back and sit on the fitness and just try and maintain for a bit we all feel pretty comfortable right now that it's safe and appropriate again to really push the limits so yeah get out there and really give it some get yourself on swift if you've not been doing so um I'll tell you who has been doing Swift racing has been the Super League Tri Bunch. Now, after I got booted from our team time trial when my computer crashed, I respawned, um, got the computer booted back up, respawned, re-entered Swift, and it said, Zwifting now, and Lucy Charles Barkley's name was up there, so I thought, ah, oh, I've got to, got to respawn next to Lucy and see if I can ride with her. So got myself up to speed, clicked on Ride with Lucy, and it turns out she was in the middle of racing on the Zwift super league tri race series there was there was her there was emma pallant there was who else was there sophie coldwell was part of it so i was riding along now they couldn't see me because they were all part of their own little race but it gave me a real inspiration to get my head down and try and stay with them for a little while we got to the hill and i just got my doors blown off of course i did they all went off up the hill at about eight watts a kilo (laughs) And there was nowhere to be seen, but it really gave me like something to chase after. So thanks very much to Lucy and Emma and and Sophie for giving me something to chase. And I came over the brow of the hill about 10 seconds behind them and desperately chased to try and catch on. No chance. I wasn't getting anywhere near them. Um, So yeah, it was fun to watch that playback on the, on the Super League try um video thing that they sent out this week so you can go and watch that on youtube and watch the catch-up so there's plenty of racing going on plenty of triathletes out there racing there was so joe skipper racing against ali brownlee and lionel sanders there's all kinds of good stuff going on to watch so you can either get yourself on there and get in and amongst the racing or you can have it playing as you're just doing a, a, a ride on swift yourself really great stuff 
All right, guys. So let's go into this week's interview of the week, sponsored by Thriver. If you've not taken one of their home blood tests and you're interested in knowing what's going on inside your body health-wise and fitness-wise, they do a personalized at-home finger prick blood test. Dead simple. Comes through the door in a little cardboard parcel. It takes five minutes from opening the parcel and reading the instructions to taking the finger prick, squeezing a few drops of blood into the tiny little test tube, sealing it into an envelope, and taking it back to your local post box to, to post in a prepaid envelope. Um, and you can specify exactly what tests you want to have done. They've got pretty much everything you can think of on there. So for athletes, you can have your iron levels tested, testosterone, hematocrit, liver function, vitamin B9, B12, vitamin D. If you're more interested in health, you can have your thyroid function, diabetes, cholesterol, omega-3, omega-6, all of those things tested. They've also, or they had for sale, a coronavirus antibody test, which has been removed from sale. And the rumor is it's going to be back on sale either this week or next. So if you're interested in having one done and pay, <clears throat> excuse me, paying for it privately, keep your eyes on their website because I think it's going to be available sometime over the next week to 10 days, according to the rumors that I've seen. So fingers crossed that it is. Um, I've been really impressed with the service. For me, it was a key part of me getting my health back on track um, when my diet was all messed up and I was having some real health problems. So I managed to address my really low vitamin B9 and B12 and vitamin D levels simply because of having access to their home testing service. So it was great for me. If you're not feeling great, it might be something you can you can check out and have that test done. So get over and check it out over at thriver.co and use the code oxygenaddict10 to get 10% off all of their subscriptions. Okay, guys, here we go with this week's interview of the week with Tim Don. Tim, welcome back onto the podcast. It's great to see you again, man. How are you doing today? Not too bad, thanks. Yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah, in these peculiar times, yeah, not doing too bad at all now. And you're, I mean, you're back in the UK now, aren't you? Last time we spoke, you were, you were still out in Boulder. So there's been the big move back to the UK. Firstly, how's that gone for you? Um, <laughs> how do I answer that? No, it's gone great. I mean, now the family are super settled. Um, my children are really, really, really like enjoying school. Nice to be close to my, my wife's family. Um, training's obviously a bit different, a bit more challenging, I would say, yeah. um, you know, moving from boulder which anyone that's been there anyone that hasn't been there you, you've got to go there for a week at least to check it out i mean it is just like endurance like heaven um so yeah it's a bit different in leicestershire riding's really great here don't get me wrong it's just so different i'm used to kind of like doing anywhere from a 50 to a 200k ride in boulder with only like four or five turns well here you know you're going through villages you've got hedgerows you've got tractors you've got (laughs) guys in their souped up novas um but no it's it's nice to be back um yeah no i think i think it was a good move it was the right time i think was it largely based around like kids starting school and stuff like that um matilda was already at school in america i think there was a few few um uh, so basically I was on a work visa well I still am on a work visa so I can live in America with my family if we wanted to but um, we got the opportunity to get a green card and it got fast-tracked um, uh, yeah uh, if you're like a world record holder and stuff like that they they want you to get green cards nice. um, so yeah that was and that, and literally we had to make a decision are we going to going to accept the green card and with the process, um, we, my wife and family had to stay in the uh, America for kind of two years without really traveling. And 
it's a big commitment. It's, and um, the, the only real advantage for us was that it meant my wife could work. Um, so I, so we kind of said, look, if we go for the screen card, we're basically committing to Boulder, America for the next kind of 10 years. Um, you know, buying a house, making it home. All our furniture was in storage in England. We'd have shipped it all over and we'd have really gone for it. And we were keen, but we weren't 100 percent sold. And I, we've lived all over the world because of me, South Africa, um, or a few places in England and obviously Boulder. So kind of like, you know, my wife, we she wasn't she was less sure than I was. So I said, look, you know, this is a, a good, good natural break. So we decided not to take the green card, keep keep my work visa. And then, um, yeah, that's why we ended up moving back. Um, yeah cool stuff well it's lovely to have you back in the country and i know i've been spending a lot of time talking with your bike coach matt bottrell recently and he's he's been telling me about the frankly about the bee stings that you've been handing out to him on the bike recently so it's good to hear that you're really strong man yeah i think um one positive thing out of this whole lockdown is um i've never zwifted so much in my life (laughs) i think i've got up 100 levels um yeah no i think um Oh, the thing I love about working with um, Matt is um, he's never content with the with the coaching process, and we're, or he's always looking for ways to improve a rider through different style. I don't know if style is the right word. With different training sessions and different ways to kind of you know make you a better rider over ninety k and one hundred and eighty k, and. You know, I've always, you know, it's a funny story. That's uh, it's a funny story how I ended up working with him. But I've always 100% trusted him with various training methods. So yeah, we've been trying some new things actually even before the lockdown. And um, yeah, we did a, a key session I would say two weeks ago. And um, yeah, we were in the real world, like not on Zwift. And yeah, I mean, power is fantastic. But at the end of the day, you want to get from A to B as quick as possible. And we were just amazed at the, the speed we, we, we both of us carried um, yeah, in that session. So we were like, yep, the, the, the training method, the new training method is definitely working. Nice. So in terms of like, obviously, we've got this Corona lockdown going on at the moment as we speak. In terms of racing for the rest of the year, what what would you be shooting for if it was if it was standard season going on? What would your race plans have looked like for 2020? Um, it definitely been focused on Kona. Um, so I would have done, well, I did a race. I was very lucky. I got one race in just before the lockdown in the Caribbean. Um, it, was a, it was called the Caruso SOS. So it was a bike, swim, run, swim, run, swim, point to point. So yeah, you had, to wow. kind of put your, you had to either swim in your trainers or put them in one of those floaty bags that you had to swim with. So I got that one in. Then I was going to do Mallorca 70.3, Marbella 70.3. And then I was going to do another 70.3. Probably the, there was one in Da Nang in Vietnam, which I've done before. And it is it makes Kona look cold and not humid at all. It's a really tough race, but they really look after you well. And then I was going to hit an Ironman in the uh, summer um, to try and qualify for Kona and, and do one early enough that if things didn't kind of pan out how you wanted to, I could have had a, had another, another bite of the cherry. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's rewind a little bit because I'm sure almost everybody listening knows, knows your story. We'll go right the way back to the beginning. You are four time ITU world champion, three time Olympian, two time Ironman winner and one time Ironman world record holder, which I think is a nice little, kind of goes nicely down the page on the website that doesn't it which yeah, is pretty awesome right. um 
I think you most you most notably known recently for your recovery from the horrendous crash you had just before Kona in 2017, which was was it three or two days before the race? It's three days before the race. Yeah. So three days before the race, you were hit by a truck and you ended up with with a broken neck. And as part of your recovery, you ended up wearing a halo contraption. Do you just want to talk us very briefly through that for the people who haven't heard the? <laughs> I haven't heard the story before because it's it's pretty amazing that you you made a comeback at all to well the land of the living really let alone racing and winning races. I think the moral of the story for everyone is do not break your neck, <laughs> <laughs> avoid it at all costs. Seriously, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was very lucky in a that uh, well, I was very unlucky, but I was also very lucky with um, you know where the break was. It was in C two, so that's in line with your teeth, so very very high up, and. Um, yeah, it was quite a serious fracture. They had to really stabilize it. And the best way to do that is either operate on it or have the halo. With the operation, they fuse the two vertebrae together. And that means you might have um, mobility issues. And later in, later down the line, if you want to be an active sports person at any level, recreational or professional, there could be other you know, complications. So I had to wear the halo. Um, yeah, they screw the bolts into your skull. Um, and it's like this big scaffolding structure. <laughs> um, they tighten them to uh, six six newton meters, so as tight as a seat post on a mountain bike. So you know these titanium screws. So yeah, not for the faint-hearted, but it does the job. Um, and and once that's on, the neck was not an issue at all. There was no pain because it was literally kind of like the whole of my skeletal system from my belly button up was just isolated i think the problem is 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 you've got these open wounds these four titanium bolts drilled into your skull and um yeah very painful very uncomfortable um i think more painful for my wife and family (laughs) (laughs) right a bit of a moody bugger at times if i'm honest um but um yeah i think the other problems we had is when i started to try and do some form of exercise the screws would come loose so every time they tighten them they're going deeper into your skull and the, the front left one, um, but it had been tightened so many times that I had to have a CAT scan. I was having CAT scans every three weeks and x-rays of my neck just to make sure the bone was healing how they wanted. But I actually had to have one of my skull because they any tighter, it would have cracked the skull and got into my brain. So I, they, I was like, this is just before Christmas. And I'm like, yes, they're taking it off and I'm just going to have a collar on um like a neck brace but they said no we're gonna have to drill another hole a centimeter ah, away. <laughs> so oh, i actually had man. three 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 screwed in but um yeah i was very lucky that i had a great great medical team around me amazing support from my family my physio my sponsors you know all of that kind of stuff um yeah and i was i guess quite determined to to not let kind of that be the end of my career you know it's going to end sometime but it would be brilliant if i can say I'm going to do four more races and then call it call it a day. I, I was determined that someone else wasn't going to call it for me. And I think that was a real motivating driving force for me to, to try and get back to some form of racing. You know, I never, never envisioned, you know, I, I had these lofty goals, but I, I never took it for granted that I was going to qualify for Kona, you know, uh, and be on the start line 12 months. I was going to do Boston Marathon six months and run a sub 250. They weren't, they were goals, but, you know, you have these crazy goals, you know, that to really push you. So they, they really did that. Yeah. Well, one of the things that amazed me, I was obviously there was a film made of this, which if anyone hasn't seen is called the man with the halo. And the last time we spoke, if I remember correctly, I think 
we timed the interview so the interview came out the day before the film was released to try and get people to watch it and that film itself was amazing because the the film i'd seen at the time didn't have the the edited ending on we didn't know how boston was going to go at that point so that was amazing in itself um but obviously the the 30 minute stories it's it's shot with a very like understandably a feel-good arc to it there's this happy ending and you get back to running again and and they don't shy away i warn anybody who watches it they don't shy away from showing that the doctor's tightening those screws (laughs) into your head man um but after we spoke i remember really clearly you saying you know you talked about your determination to get back to racing and you said look robert at the moment i can't swim i can't turn my head to breathe and you were doing all your swimming still with a with a snorkel on and and for me it was it was like a real high of the end of the interview and you'd sounded so positive and then it was almost like the real world realization of oh man there's like I'm, i can run in a straight line but i can't turn my head to breathe um and obviously the fact you got back to kona that next year and you raced and they've released that extra five minute video haven't they now to to, to wrap that up and i just watched it you swam 50 minutes in kona and then you biked 419, which that's you, you weren't just showing up to just get round, man. That was that was really don't, competitive. Don't talk about my, talk about my run time. <laughs> <laughs> but mate, you, that there were competitive swim and bike times. 419 was was only a, like less than a minute outside Norman Stadler's old bike course record. So you weren't hanging around, buddy. Who's he? <laughs> No, I'm sorry to all the Germans out there. I shouldn't have said that. that. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, like I think, um, you know, when, when you've got a major injury, and obviously this is a, a unique one because it's not not yeah. necessarily self. Most injuries are not are self inflicted. They're over usage <laughs> injuries. You've kind of you've got an excuse. You've got a reason. But you know, when you start racing and the gun goes, you know, your your story is a story, but it doesn't impact the results. No one's going to say hey, let's give him a chance. So I wanted to be in the best shape I could be in, you know, turn up in the best shape I could be in. And um, yeah, I worked damn hard that year to, to get back to some some form of, you know, of, 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 of somewhere I wouldn't, wouldn't embarrass myself. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, I was super happy. I think I was 36 in the pro race. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that, you yeah. know, um, but um, yeah, no, thanks. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're always going to have that what if, but you can't live your life, you know, saying what if I could have raced in 2017. So, you know, I'm super, super proud of, of 20, 2018 for sure. Well, something that came across in the video, the extra five minute one that that I just watched was this. You seem to get so much support at the roadside from the from the spectators. And I wondered how that experience was for you of actually sort of realizing you'd made it onto the marathon and heading out on the marathon at Kona. How was that for you running, running that part of the race? Yeah, it was, it was funny. Some, I'd actually, I mean, I actually had an injury leading into Hawaii. So even though I broke my neck, I, once I started ramping up the training in 2018, um, I, I was holding my head slightly off tilt and it's a heavy old thing. So I was getting lots of hip issues so I'd hardly done any running <laughs> um, in the six weeks leading up. I, I don't know how many kilometers, but it, it wasn't 100 kilometer weeks like everyone was doing. Um, so for me, you know, it really helped. It really got me around. Anyone that's done an Ironman, whether you're going 740 or is it 16 hours, you know, words of encouragement, 
and just the support people on the on the side it really does help but um that year it meant a lot my it was my first time my wife had been to Kona um to watch with my daughter Matilda um they just flew out for a long weekend so my son couldn't come because from England it's a long way for yeah he was what three three and a half at the time so it's just my daughter and my my wife that came out um so yeah that the support as I say you know, I've had lots of messages over the last three years saying, oh, it's inspirational. You know, we've watched your documentary and what you've done. But I don't think people realize that by people kind of uh, messaging my website, um, comments on social media, and when I see people at races, you know, by them doing that, it gives me something to fight for as well. It gives me confidence that I should keep going. I am keep, keep, I am going to keep going. It's a it's a funny thing, you know, it definitely goes two ways, I think, for me, um, for me, that for sure. Yeah, it it looked like it was really emotional. Some of the camera shots looked like you were really, you were really touched by the things people were shouting from the, from the roadside at you. Oh, absolutely. I remember running up Polani. So I've, down, I've been down Alihi Drive, out and back, and I've gone up Polani. And I know that's when the lonely, lonely miles start, because when you get on the Queen K after, I think, about a mile and a half, they stop all um, supporters, Ironman do. So it's just the competitors. And I knew I was in a tough position. You know, I was I was going into no man's land and my hip was was starting to hurt. And I remember seeing Jan on the side of the road and, you know, he gave me a big cheer and a little slap. And I was like, damn, you don't get many sports where, you know, he couldn't compete because he, he just blew in absolutely destroyed everyone in Port Elizabeth at the world champs. He'd flown out to Hawaii hoping to, you know, do the double and he couldn't do it yet. He was still there. He was still out there supporting the 3000 age groupers, but, and his peers and his pros, you know, when Mo is injured and he can't race, you don't see him amazing athlete, but you don't see him cheering yeah. on Kipchoge. I'm not saying I'm Kipchoge, but <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It, 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 yeah. It's a sport like that. And I think, I think, um, you know, when, when you see things like that, I think that's that's what I love about triathlon. I really do. Yeah. Who um who are some of the athletes who you rate most highly that you've raced against? Um, well, throughout my career, definitely in the early days, Simon Lessing. I mean, he was just he was just like he was the best swimmer, the best biker, and the best runner. And he raced with such control and such mastery that yeah, he was in in his generation. He was untouchable. And um, I was lucky enough to go on training camps with him to Lanzarote and to South Africa. And yeah, he just trained real hard. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, definitely Simon Lessing early career. Um, I loved racing Andrew Johns because um, we always roomed together. And when, okay. I, when I was a junior in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, he was podium in the WTS or the World Cups, as they were called then. And I was scraping into top 10s. And then as I got better, it was kind of like a pendulum. You know, I was winning the races and he was getting top tens, but it didn't affect our friendship at all. We'd still room together. We had the same coach back then, Brett Sutton. Um, so, yeah, that, I loved racing those guys. Um, and in 70.3, Ironman, I love racing Tyler Butterfield because he's a, a, from Bermuda. He's a great friend, the most talented athlete out there. And, yeah, it's just great that win, lose or draw, you, you go out for a pizza afterwards. We travel together you know i think that's that's brilliant i love that side of the sport nice tyler put a stonkingly fast ironman together didn't he at the back end of last year i'm trying to remember where it was did he go he uh, went cozumel 
It was Cosmel, was it? And he went 7.45, something like that, didn't he? Not quick enough. Not quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> Down current swim. What you want to know? Oh, listen, Tyler Butterfield, he got third at the ITU World Junior Champs. And uh, Terenzo won. And David House, who got fourth yep. at the Olympic Games, got second. Tyler was clearly in second with about 40 metres to go. He tripped up on the blue carpet and David House, you know, so he was a class junior. He's run a 221 marathon. Wow. He has ridden professional cycling for La Francis de Jour feeder team. He has won cycling races that Matt Bottrell at his prime could not even get a top 50 in. Like Tyler is like he is an amazing athlete like there are so many stories about athletes when you do some re i don't mean you but when people look at look at them yeah like yeah, i mean he got did he get 12th in the commonwealth games marathon tyler butterfield and like was it like four days before he got a top 15 in the triathlon you That's know amazing like, isn't it you know, he's just like, yeah, he's just phenomenal. I've been wanting to get him on the show for ages, man. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna chase up his, uh, chase up his contact details after this. I warn you, if you get Tyler on your show, at least give yourself a three-hour window. Okay, <laughs> he bloody loves to talk. <laughs> I mean, his his dad has run a two twenty-something marathon. His mum, I think, she competed in the first ever women's marathon in America. Like, yeah, the whole family are crazy talented, lovely Love people. Love it. Love it. All right. So they're the guys, they're the guys who impress you. Are there any athletes who inspire you, Tim? Um, I, again, growing up, definitely Hale Gabri Selassie, you know, growing up in West London, it was very much a running culture um, around Bushy Park, Hampton, Teddington, St. Mary's University. We had Daniel Coleman training there, Sonia O'Sullivan, Craig Mottram, you know, some of the, the best distance runners to, to, to race. Um, so yeah, you know, I just love the way, you know, Hale, you know, around the late 90s was, you know, doing the double, the five and the 10. Um, I mean, he was such a kind person, had so much time for everyone. So, yeah, he definitely, um, he was definitely one of my inspirations outside of triathlon growing up. Nice. And of your, of your three Olympic Games that you raced back in the day, which one was your favourite? I think Sydney, to be honest. I, okay. I don't know if it's because it, it was my first. I was, I was very young. It was the first triathlon. It was the first Olympic Games to have triathlon in. It was in Australia and Australia, Athens, uh, I'm sorry, Greece and China. You know, of those three countries, triathlon is is huge in Australia. You know, Makili Jones, the women raced the day before us. It was the first medal event of the whole game. Yeah, I was going to say it was the first Uh, one, wasn't it? Makili got 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 silver, um, you know, so Peter Robinson, um, Craig Walton, and Miles Stewart, you know, at the time, they were three of the uh, the, the most fierce competitors out there. Um, yeah, the, the crowd support was from amazing, you know, swimming, diving off the, the with a, a bridge behind us, transition in front of the Opera House. You, it was just such an iconic event. Um, and because it was one of the, it was the second day, we had then like, what, two weeks of partying in Australia. So it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you got 10th there, didn't you? That's right. Yeah. No, I was, I mean, I had. I was only I, myself and Ivan Rana. We were the the two youngest guys in the field. I think he got fourth or fifth. Um, so yeah, I was over the moon with tenth. I really was. That's yeah. an amazing performance. Well done. That's incredible. Um, what are your thoughts on Ali Brownlee and his move to racing long distance? Well, he's going back to Olympics, isn't he, for Tokyo twenty twenty? Apparently so. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, um, I mean, yeah, he's only done one Ironman, I guess, in Kona. Well, he did WA, but no, without a doubt, he can win Kona. I mean, he's got the tools. He's a lead pack swimmer. He's a phenomenal biker and an amazing runner. Um, you know, I just think these days now you can't, you've just got to, you can't, you, you can't be complacent. Um, yeah, I, I think hopefully he learned about his preparation into Hawaii. Um, but without a doubt, yeah, he's got the tools to win Kona. I definitely believe that. But Ironman, you don't get many bites of the cherry per year. And there aren't any other races like Kona out there with the depth of field. When he does WTSs, he turns up to any race. Yeah, Christian Blumenfeld, yeah, Vincent, yeah, Murray's, yeah, Molas, every week racing, 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 as well as the uniqueness of the courses, Hamburg, Leeds, um, et cetera, et cetera. Well, in Ironman, there's no course like Hawaii and there's no depth of field like Hawaii. Um, so, you know, it takes maybe a few times to get it right. But, um, you know, if he focuses for eight months just on Hawaii, I definitely think he can win. Saying that, he'll probably go and win. He'll probably go and win Tokyo and Hawaii next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, talking about the Olympics, you helped Dave Ellis or you... Uh, is the phrase piloted you piloted dave ellis to the world gold medal um in the para vi event and i don't know whether the selection was done for the olympics or not but you must have been in there you were in the running for the three guides right to, to actually go to the olympics again um i would have liked to have, i mean yeah I, I i wasn't at the world champs i was at the olympic test event ah we, sorry okay yeah no no which we won con- comfortably um yeah i mean i was in it i was in it for you know to take him all away um the powers that be they had a selection criteria i have no idea what the selection criteria was but they picked luke pollard who is a a very capable athlete um yeah so unfortunately i didn't i didn't quite make it but um, yeah we did the british champs together and i loved it we went to miyazaki the uh, paralympic holding camp and obviously in tokyo um yeah we won the test event by i think yeah two and a half minutes over a sprint distance but um yeah i mean um yeah unfortunately i didn't didn't get selected but you know i wish dave and luke all the best and um i see them around occasionally um i do a bit of swimming at loughborough um university which is where the paris squad in fact they had their first pool swim today i saw is that right i'm so chuffed that the guys are back in the water um, I think British swimming, Adam Peaty and his crew, they've been in for a couple of weeks, but British triathlon jumped in the pool today um, for the first time. Nice. How's it been for you? Not, uh, not getting into the pool during lockdown. Oh, I hated it. Uh, I've been swimming at race hub. Um, cause that's only about, I don't know, 10 K away from where I live. Um, virtually most days, um, I was in there this morning, um, since we've been allowed to swim open water, which is fantastic. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, swimming such a technical sport um you know you've got to get that feel of the water i'm looking forward to getting back in a pool i really don't think it'll be till august at the earliest so i'm making the most of swimming swimming open water um but you know europe's back in the pool um but i think we're a long way behind (laughs) yeah yeah okay um tell me about patagon man that looks like the most amazing race yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'm lucky to do all sorts of races all over the world. And as I've got older, different opportunities have presented themselves. And 
you know, my manager said, hey, there's an opportunity to go out to Chile and to do an Ironman that doesn't have aid stations. You swim in the dark. It's point to point. And I'm like, you what? No way. That sounds <laughs> stupid. I did some research. I watched the documentary they made and I was like, oh, wow. When is it? And yeah, I mean, the scheduling was perfect. It was early December. I was able to go out with one of my my best mates who I grew up with. Um, and um, yeah, we had a blast out there. The, 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 they did made a documentary about it, not about me at all, but about the whole race. And that does not do it justice. Uh, it's the only race where I've asked one of the photographers to send me high res images of myself so I could print them out and frame them. Not because of me, but just because of the, the scenery, the landscape. Um, the, the, the organizers put on such an amazing race. It's worth only 200 people race each year. It's worth entering the, I think it's $10 to get your name in the hat. Um, it's definitely worth it. It's a yeah, once in a lifetime kind of trip. And yeah, I would definitely, yeah, highly recommend it. So it's a tough as nails course. <laughs> what's the, what's the bike and run course like in that event? So the run, the bike, sorry, is, is, is a kind of like a point to point hundred and I think it's is it 181 or 182k. It's only got just two, I think 2,400 meters of climbing, which is a lot, but over 180k, it's not too bad. But the first 80 to 90k is pan flat. So it's all in the back half and right. it's point to point. It's actually kind of like an L shape. You have a cross tailwind and then you turn and you just have this killer headwind. There's also about three kilometers of gravel in various sections. So you need to be careful with tire choice and getting punctures and losing water bottles and stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I went out a week. Uh, I went out there on the Monday, so nearly a week before. So we could ride sections of the course and drive the other sections. And it was breathtaking. The run, the run, on the other hand, we knew nothing about because it was all off road. And the only the last kind of 25 K was on like Jeep track before then it was single track. And um, so you, you, there was absolutely, and again, it was point to point with a, over a thousand meters of elevation. And there were two aid stations in the whole marathon. So you had to be, rel you had to be quite self-sufficient. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, there were times when I'm running going, I'm definitely lost. And then I'd see like a bit of ticker tape on a tree <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Um, yeah, it, it, it was, it was weird. I, you, I mean, you run through a stream river but it was waist deep of about there was no way around it you just had to you know go all the way through but the great thing is is the last they say at 30k so the last 12k but the marathon's 2k long so the last 14k um your is the third aid station so there's no aid there but your support crew's there so they can refuel you um but they can also run with you the last bit so Gav, he's a he used to be you know, he's a solid athlete. So he he ran with me. Um, so yeah, that was something unique and special. And um, yeah, lots of cursing went on in that part. I tell you that <laughs> <laughs> he's fresh as a daisy, and complaining. He's sat in a car for five hours. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. So as uh, as you get a little bit older, what are some of the things <laughs> that you can do to? well basically to to stay in shape what's the secret to stay in racing at the very highest level for what over over 20 years really there must be some habits that we can pick up and steal from you here in <laughs> terms of like i don't know supplements habits eating strength conditioning what are some of the things that you do and you take that you think will help people out i think the biggest thing as you get older is you've got to listen to your body 
Um, if you think you need a day off, you 100% do need a day off. Um, you know, I, I've only got so, uh, when I was younger, I could wake up, jump on the track, nail a track session, wake up 15 minutes before swimming, jump in the car, half asleep. Now I need to prepare for things. I need to warm up properly as I get older. Um, diets become a lot more, it's, I, I, in the off season, I don't know if it's because I eat, eat more cheese and drink more red wine, but I definitely put on weight a lot quicker and it takes longer to lose it. So I have to be focused on my diet. Um, you know, a uh, big believer in recovery. So, you know, I'm big into my, I take lots of, not lots, but after most key sessions, I'm, I'm having my, you know, protein shakes. Um, and also got to look after my vitamin and supplementation. So yeah, as I get older, my joints, joints are stiffer and my bones need everything. So yeah, I'm, I'm, at the moment I'm taking lots of, um, well, once a day, a collagen supplement from, um, TR, which is a, a great company that are really supporting me. And on, on, you know, but I think a balanced diet's key, um, and not being afraid to take a day off. Um, yeah. So the well. TOR collagen stuff, is that the same stuff that Andy Murray has been taking or was he was in some way no. involved in the, he's taking the same stuff. I'm taking, no, no, ah, no, there you go. <laughs> no, no. He was one of the founders of the company actually. Um, okay. and again, you know, something like tennis is even more unforgiving, especially with his hips. So he's had a few operations yeah. on your joints and bone. So, you know, as you get older, you know, when I say older, I mean within a professional lifespan, you know, different sports. Like if I'm a golfer, I'm young. I'm only 42. <laughs> but, um, you know, within tennis, you know, Murray's at the Andy's at the age where he really needs to look after his body. And we're looking for everything we can. And, you know, I'm in my early 40s trying to race against 23 year olds, um, even younger in some of the Zwift races I've been doing. Um, so, yeah, you know, you know, any anything that can supplement my, my, my joints and my bone bone strength and recovery um yeah i'm i'm all in for so yeah i've been taking it now since the end of last year um you know and i'm still going still rocking um this indoor training which we've all been doing a lot of is very intense and it's very it sounds weird very repetitive when we ride a bike we're turning left turning right but when mm. we're sat on a trainer it's very and again i've been doing 90 percent of my running on the treadmill so you know your joints are really taking a, a hammering yeah okay and who are some of the other sponsors that have been working with you then because i really believe in giving a, a shout out to the people who support athletes yeah i mean you know lots of on social media lots of professional athletes plug their sponsors and every so often i see comments from people going oh another plug i don't think people not not everyone realizes like we it is our job it's like yeah. saying i love i love working for apple or I, I enjoy being a teacher that's just the same as as what we do so yeah no specialized bicycles um you know they've been with me they supported me massively when i broke my neck in jura they make the fastest tri suit out there so fast it got banned by the uci but we can <laughs> still use it seriously um, yeah. we can still use it in triathlon they um they did a timmed on um limited edition kit when i broke my neck to help pay me some of my crazy american medical bills um yeah i'm using um icor which is a cbd product um it's a it's a topical oil that i take and they do a recovery shot and also a topical balm so again i'm massage self can't get massages at the moment oh um, no yeah so lots of self massages with my icor um zone three make a good wetsuit um you know, uh, Wahoo, I've been living on my, my kicker and my climb and my headwind. 
Um, want to get my hands on that new kicker bike at some stage. I think Lucy Charles is the, the chosen one, so she's got one. So I'm, I'm somewhere in the queue, I think, but I'm loving that. Um, I love working for Zwift. Well, I don't work. I love working with Zwift. I'm, I'm one of the um, mentors on the Zwift Academy. Obviously, with Kona not on this year, it's not happening. But they're yeah. a company that they've got – they are getting behind so many different – you know, um, what's the right word? So many different, um, good causes almost. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they're using their platform, you know, to keep yeah. people connected, to keep people motivated, but they are supporting. There's so many charity events on Zwift at any one time, which is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing company that are doing, doing great things within our sport. So I, I'm very lucky that I've, you know, we call them sponsors, but I really, you know, I, I would, I really like to call them for me relationships. Um, just going to plug you in i think your battery's going to die um you know i i i would um i'd definitely rather work with a company that wanted to sign a um a multiple year deal it gives me security you know rather than living from year to year can you imagine everyone just had um a job that they uh, depending how they performed that was if they were gonna gonna be signed for next year that's how we live by the sword by die the, yeah. by the sword so I'm really thankful for those companies that I've worked with, specialized for over 10 years. Oakley, I signed with Oakley in 1998. Um, uh, you know, so, you know, there's some 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 people that I've been working with for so long. So, yeah, I'm a very, yeah. very privileged and lucky athlete. But, um, you know, hopefully that, you know, it's a two way two way street, especially with social media now. Yeah, well, these guys are only going to want to work with you for for 20 plus years if you're a good person and and you were the right person for their brand so it's probably a reflection on you as much as a reflection on them i think tim i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a quote from your coach matt he said what makes tim so special is his inner belief <laughs> what do you think he means by that <laughs> um i don't know i think um you know when you um i don't know when i think about what i want to do i you know i if I, I always, you know, I obviously these are things that Matt and I would talk about. I, um, yeah, I, if I, if I say I'm going to do something to Matt, then I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I believe I'm going to do it. And I believe, you know, on the process of how we're going to do it. And, um, yeah, I don't know for me, it, it, it's just, I think second nature, some of the things w- w- I, I do with Matt, well, maybe they're not second nature to lots of other people, but, um, yeah. I always say, you like, yeah, reach for the stars. And if you don't make it, you'll be in heaven. That sounds so freaking corny now. But um, yeah, why not? Someone's got to win the race. Someone's got to break the record. So why not it be me? If there's an apple in the tree, someone's got to pick it. It's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <All> right. Nice. <laughs> so the, the final ultimate overall goal then is... Obviously, there's a, we don't know whether Kona is going to happen this year. It might happen in February you know who knows is that the ultimate goal for you you must be looking at you must be looking at the competition and thinking well i've been 740 there's hardly anyone who can line up those numbers even with the best day and the best conditions possible is that the ultimate goal is it is it to win at kona do you think look uh not not i'm i'm 42 you know i'll be 43 by the next kona I'm, I think I'm a realist. I know what I'm capable of and I can see what other people are capable of, capable of people that have achieved great things and people that haven't achieved great things yet, but could. 
Um, I'd be, I always think it's arrogant to go to a race expecting to win. I think you have to go to a race because you can only control what you can control. You've got to be in the fight for the podium. If all the stars were aligned, could I win Kona? Maybe. Could I get on the podium? Definitely. But being in this sport long enough, those stars align once or twice in your lifetime, you know. And the longer the race, the more factors there are, whether it's competition, weather. I know I have to be swimming as good as I have to be swimming in 50-minute or quicker shape. i got to be in 419 and kind of 248 shape in those conditions on that course. Um, I would definitely like to think I can fight for a top five, top ten in Kona. Um, I'd be over the moon if I could win it, but that would be out of my hands, if that makes sense. Yeah. So hopefully all my sponsors aren't I, – I, and I'm not you – know, it's, it's funny we just talked about sponsors and what I want to achieve. You know, before I signed with Specialized, I was going to sign with another bike brand, and they said, sorry, we've already got a con- Kona contender. And I was like, hey, you signed Yan, you've signed Sabi, Sebi, fair enough. And the person they'd signed, I think he'd done one Ironman and the women had beat him. And he's there preaching he's going to be a Kona contender. And to this day, he's never qualified for Kona. And I think I'm I'm more in that realistic kind of, you know, band. So, yeah, yeah. the ultimate goal is to win. But, you know, I think the ultimate goal is to, to have the best performance I can on the day. You know, on the 6th, is it the 6th of February or the 14th of October in 2021? do the double wouldn't that be great wouldn't that be great yeah that'd be amazing man (laughs) well it sounds like you take a real pleasure in the process every day you seem to want to be the best you can be and train as well as you can and if you do that then every day is satisfactory or satisfying yeah it it is i mean yeah you you've got to believe in the process for a start and see method in the madness method in the process but i'll be lying if i said i woke up every day saying i'm going to nail it and i do nail it there are days when I'm like, I just, I just, I just can't be bothered. I just, I'm just having such a rough, shitty time at the moment. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. I'm not injured, etc. It happens to everyone, whether you're um, or last dance, you know, Michael Jordan or, you know, Michael yeah. Schumacher, greatest driver ever, or Jan Fadino. There are definitely times, maybe they don't pursue that. You know, you follow Jan on social media every day is a, it's a godlike day. It's like, come on, mate. David <laughs> McNamee has got blooming podiumed in Kona twice, podiumed at the World Under 23s. He tells you how it is. It's freaking tough. It really is. So, but yeah, I do. On the whole, I do enjoy, enjoy the process. Absolutely. But yeah, we all have shitty days. <laughs> oh, well, listen, I think that's that's a pretty decent place to leave it, man. It's It's been brilliant seeing you back racing to the very highest level, mate. We were all rooting for you, and it's so great to see you back there. Um, and thank you so much for your time and for joining us today. Cool. No, thank you. And yeah, one last thing. I don't know when this is going out, but in 27th of June, um, we are doing a – I'm, I'm going to be on a virtual skills and drills triathlon day. So it's going to be a, a Zoom day with a Zwift ride with Matt, Matt Botchell, my coach. Um, we are going to be talking about um, how to how to swim, how to train to race, not how to train to train. We're going to be giving everyone tips and tricks for swimming, open water, obviously pacing, aerodynamics on the bike, how to stay as injury-free as you can, and how to have confidence to listen to your body. So, yeah, 
everyone check it out um it's going to be a skills and skills and drills virtual day with uh matt bottrell and tim don am i allowed to do that shameless plug definitely <laughs> are allowed to do it yeah no worries man well, i'll tell you Thank what I'll, you. I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well so oh, people can brilliant yeah click straight through to it um so that was saturday the 27th of june is that right and, and it is it's an early start matt's i believe birthday. isn't it is it really yeah, 7:30, day before matt's birthday <laughs> love it right we'll have to send him a little card as well um all right brilliant mate that's been fantastic to talk to cool. thank you so much for your time no thank you cheers <laughs> what an inspiring story you know it's one thing isn't it to be four-time world champion three-time olympian i'm on world record holder that's inspiring enough but for him to have that crash and for him to come back the way that he has done after that injury and I think you can just tell, can't you, that the joy that he's got of training in the day-to-day, the joy he's got of riding his bike really fast with his coach, Matt Botchwell, just comes across. I, I just love interviewing Tim. I think he's a cracking guy. And I would absolutely love it if he managed to end up on the podium in the, well, the 2019 race that will happen in 2020, hopefully. Um, yeah, so watch this space. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Let me know what you think. You can send me information on Twitter at OHRIPodcast or we're on Instagram at the same handle as well. Um, here are some discount and codes and deals for you to finish up the show. Use the code OxygenAddict15 for 15% off your first electrolytes order at precisionhydration.com. At Thriver.co, use the code OxygenAddict10 for 10% off all home blood test subscriptions. And over at TeamOxygenAddict.com, you can sign up for a year's coaching. Get a head start, guys. Get yourself training now. When those races get announced, you'll be in great shape. If we can help in any way with having a chat about your coaching needs or your training plan needs, just give us a bell. There's a link in the show notes to have a chat with me and see how we can help you out with coaching. Remember, there's links in the show notes for all of these sponsors so you don't have to remember them. And until next week, have a great, safe training and racing week. I'm Coach Rob Wilby, and you've been listening to the Oxygen Addict Triathlon Podcast. See ya. See ya.